of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So as I mentioned at the beginning, June 25th, yesterday, is a rather historic moment for us as Lutherans. Uh, the, it's the, it's uh, the commemoration of the presentation of the Augsburg Confession. All right, so the Augsburg Confession, it's kind of a big deal. It talks about a lot of things. There are 28 articles in the Augsburg Confession. It takes on several different topics. But at the very heart, it teach, is what the Augsburg Confession is all about is stated in the fourth article, which says this. A human being cannot be justified before God by their own strength, merits, or works, but are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith. When they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake, who by his death has made satisfaction for our sins. Now, this, the princes who signed the Augsburg Confession were willing to risk everything for what they believed, especially this truth about how Jesus saves us. And one of them, his name was George. He's called the Margrave of Brandenburg. Wouldn't you love to have that title? I'm the Margrave, which means prince, the Prince of Brandenburg. But while they were at Augsburg, George said this, before I let, take, let anyone take from me the word of God and ask me to deny my God, I will kneel and let them strike off my head. Do we have that kind of courage? Because we need it. In our modern world today, Satan is attacking us from a very different front. He's greatly confused what it means to be human. See, we don't really know who we are. We don't know what it means to be human anymore, which means then we don't know the purpose of our human lives, which is to enter into a loving relationship with our God through Jesus Christ our Lord. God loves us, and he gives us life, and Satan hates us, and he hates God, and he wants to bring about death, and he's instigated an entire culture of death. We live in a society that is anti-God, anti-life, anti human. And the already boiling temperature that's going on these days, it just rose another million degrees on Friday, did it not? As Roe versus Wade was overturned, however, that's, of course, not going to be the end of it. As you and I all know, there's a lot of angry people as a result of this. And you probably also know that this decision just simply turns everything back over to the state. So in Indiana, abortion is still legal until 20 weeks, and in neighboring Illinois for all nine months. But really, more importantly, our goal is not simply to change laws and outlaw abortion. Our goal always is that we want to change hearts to the point that we don't need laws to outlaw, outlaw abortion. Well, how do we do that? Well, let's start with what not to do, which James and John kind of show us that in our gospel reading. They have what I think a lot of Christians have for an attitude today. When their ethnic enemies, the Samaritans, reject them and won't welcome them into their town, they say to Jesus, Lord, would you like us to call down fire from heaven and destroy them? Way too many Christians, probably too many of us, have allowed ourselves to be drawn into the political rage of our times, no matter where we stand on issues. And so when someone disagrees with our views, we want to destroy them. We call them names, attack them personally, 
shout them down, assassinate their character, and use any means necessary to make the point. We dehumanize them, and we kill them in our hearts. And I'll say it again, we're not trying to win arguments. We're trying to win people. We're trying to win hearts. So we have to do what Paul says. We must speak the truth in love. And a lot of times we divide truth in love. Some of us think all we need to do is speak the truth and let the chips fall. And others of us think all we need to do is just love, accept people, and let them be. But it's not love without the truth. Lies do not love people. And on the other hand, it's also not the truth if we don't sincerely love because the greatest truth is love. Jesus rebukes James and John quite simply because he loves the Samaritans. He would rather suffer the rejection. He doesn't want to destroy them with fire coming down from heaven because he wants to give them more time. And in fact, when you go from Luke's gospel to his book Acts, and you read in Acts chapter 8, the message of Jesus comes back to the Samaritans, and this time they believe. We can take a cue from Jesus. He loves them into the truth. And if we have the courage, my friends, right now, as tense as this moment might be in our country, we have the chance to truly be his church. This is our moment. Jesus wants us to call down a different fire from heaven. He wants us to pray for the Spirit who comes into lives and warms hearts instead of destroying people. We cannot force our will or our faith on people. All we can do is simply propose that truth in love, suffer when we're rejected, be patient, pray more, and never give up. So let's get to work. Let's defend and support the sanctity and the dignity of every human life from conception until natural death. We must live the truth in love. And so, yes, let's exercise over our vocation. We are all citizens. Let's work together to change the laws in our states and protect human life. But let's do more than that. We can't simply look at people and say, don't have an abortion and abandon them. Instead, what we have to do is support women and men who find out they're pregnant and they don't know what to do. We have to give them real encouragement and real support so that they can raise that child. We need to adopt and provide for unwanted children. We have to step up our support for agencies like Reason Enough to Act, giving our time and volunteering as well as our money because they're going to get busier than ever. And we must bring the healing, compassion of Christ's forgiveness to women and to men who have been deeply wounded by abortion. But let's take one step back further. We must also live sexually pure lives. Because if our sexuality would be as God designed it, then we would eliminate abortion. After all, where do unwanted pregnancies come from? They come outside of the stable, lifelong commitment of one man and one woman united by God in the sacrament of marriage. 
Sex is God's gift for marriage, for the union of the spouses and the procreation of their children. So let us teach our children these truths. And let's every one of us live sexually pure lives, free from lust and from using others for our own sexual gratification. Let's glorify God with our bodies and let's reverence every person, especially every woman, who God has made to be a temple of life. In other words, let's follow Jesus. I mean, not just with our sexuality or on this issue of abortion, but, but with everything. I mean, here's an idea. Let's obey Jesus in everything. Amen? Amen. See, that's his invitation to you and to me as he speaks it in the gospel. Follow me. Now, ironically, you think of the word follow today, that is actually a rather casual word. It is non-committal. Anybody know who this is? If we put the picture up, raise your hand if you know who this is. The young ones do, of course. Awesome. Thank you. I didn't either, I'll be honest. I didn't know, like, who is this person? But when I looked up, this is Charlie D'Amelio. She had the most followers on TikTok, 142 million. Last year, she made $17.5 million from her little videos on TikTok. But just on Friday, she was unseated. I had to change my homily because, oh my gosh, it changed. And now this guy, his name is Kabi Lame. He's, an, he's a silent comedian. All, he kind of, see what he's doing, that shrug thing? That's his sort of, his, his thing. I don't know, he does that. And he has now 143 million followers because of it. Is that what it means to follow? Obviously not, of course not. There's not a personal relationship with 143 million, and obviously, whoever the influencer is, it changes all the time. But that's what I'm driving at. Is this how it is with, with Jesus? You know, he comes into my feed for a moment and maybe captures my attention, but then I, you know, I scroll on. I scroll on, right? Because that's what I'm doing with my whole life. I'm sitting on my couch, I'm just scrolling, and I'm clicking where I want to here and there. And so Jesus gets a click or he gets a like, but so do lots of people, lots of influencers, lots of ideas that are out there. And it's all up to me, thumbs up to what I like, thumbs down to what I don't. I get to choose how and what I follow, right? Jesus has something else to say. Three things about following him today. First of all, if we follow him, it will be without comfort. It's going to be outside the comfort zone. As much, think though, if you would with me, how much of your daily focus, the work, the energy, the financial planning, yada, 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 how much time we spend trying to make our lives more comfortable. And in fact, maybe we think that's the point of following Jesus, right? He's going to make life more comfortable, easier, better. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay down his head. He's homeless. He's not at home with this world. He's headed to Jerusalem, if you heard. And if we're going to follow him and if we go with him, we're not going to go stay in the Hilton. We're going to go to the hill to be crucified. The second thing he says is that following him is without delay. Let me first go bury my father, Jesus. No, let the dead bury the dead. Isn't that kind of harsh? Doesn't Jesus want him to grieve the death of his own father? 
But this sun is probably stalling because, see, Jewish burial was, is always the next day, right? So probably more likely, either his father actually wasn't dead yet, he's just waiting for that day in which his father would die and then bury him, or the Jewish custom was that you would wait about a year after a person died and go back and you would take their bones and you'd put it in an ossuary box and then bury them in their final resting place. But even if he had died just that day, the point is this, there's something far greater at stake, more important. You can either stay right here in this place of death without Jesus or go with him and follow him and begin to live. And third, we must follow without looking back. I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go say goodbye to my family. No, no, no looking back. No attachments to what's behind us, not even our own families. Because when we tend to look back, we think, well, that's better than what's in front of me. I'm going to stay here. You cannot put your hand to the plow and look back, because if you do, obviously you're going to plow off course. You must look forward, you only forward, and only to Jesus. Well, Jesus probably wouldn't make a very good recruiter, would he? No? And you know what? To be his disciple, I mean, to truly follow him, to live that life of both truth and love, requires that you and I give everything. And it means that we're going to have to suffer the wrath and the rejection of people around us, and that we might even maybe need to kneel down and bare our necks. So why? Why do it? Because it's him. Because it's him. And when we follow him, we go with him. No matter how painful it is or how much it might cost us, nothing compares to Jesus. Nothing we suffer compares to what he suffered for us and gave so freely for us. It's because it's him, because we're invited into a relationship with Jesus. We get to follow our Lord and our God. We get to walk with him every day and to truly know him and to love him. We get to walk with him every day as he pours his love into us. We get to walk with him every day and discover what it really means to be human. So raise your hand if you love Jesus. Okay, good. Raise your hand if you want to love him more. Yeah. And keep that hand up if you want him to love others through you. Yeah, we do, we do. It's really hard, but it's actually quite simple, friends. Listen to him today. Follow me. 